Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. Oh, <laughs> 
Welcome back. Never ever forget the party don't start till I walk in. <laughs> anyway. Our continuation of earlier conversation. It just always happens. And not that I'm knocking it. I'm actually kind of grateful for it because, um, you know, it's so interesting. This summer, I actually began back teaching dance. And I ain't did that shit since I was a teenager, yo. I ain't. It's been a good 10 years. So I had an opportunity to teach dance in the studio. And, um, you know, I have my class, but what I was doing is even the days that I wasn't teaching, I was spending my ass in the studio because I'm like, yeah, I ain't been, you know, this kind of active in a grip. Shit. <laughs> Fuck around and have a bitch in traction. So I was like, let me, let me like, you know, be around and, and see what all I could do and help and all that. So, um, you know, this week, I actually had some shifts go on, and I ended up taking some morning shifts instead of some of the afternoon ones, which has been great because now that means that I'm here and we can do this shit right now. Great. Great. So with that being said, um, you know, Queen, I see you on the line. Let me open your mic right quick. Like, I see you back in the chat room with us. You know, whenever you get ready, call back and do that. Because, um, you know, we were last talking, uh, just discussing being arrogant about protecting your spirit and protecting who sows into you. You know, I remember saying this to a pastor one time, actually. Oh, my God, my life is just something else. I, I, my friend invites me to this church. <clears throat> this is after I had done my good 10 years of Christian jail and was like, I ain't doing this shit no more. So she invites me to come with her to this church that she's going to. Now, this is an apostolic faith church. Now, I came from a non-denominational church. For all intents and purposes, we said we preach no creed but Christ and we teach no law but love. But we were very Pentecostal in our approach to um, worship, spirit, uh, spirituality, and, and such the like. So I go to this apostolic faith church with this girl, and this was actually the church of my grandmother. So I, I, look, I look at this experience now more so as this was so that I could get to know more about both what shaped and formed me, was shaped and formed my matriline, um, because my matriarchs were shamanic women who had embedded themselves in an um, apostolic faith church at a time when women who were spiritualists were being persecuted for not being under Jesus. So I had to go back and get it for my masculine. I had to go back and get it and get those pieces. But in, in getting that, um, you know, it's my first time at this church. They're having an, an evening service. Y'all know how niggas do. Y'all, please, listen. We was on the air from 12 o'clock yesterday to almost 12 o'clock yesterday, okay, <laughs> on Eastern Standard Time anyways. Um, so anyway, we're at church. It's a night service. I think they're doing revival. It was probably like this time. Yeah, it was like July, August or something, which is revival season around here anyway. Um, so I go, and I'm sitting there. And I begin to hear, I begin to hear spirit speaking. And I'm sitting there like, I don't want to talk to this man. I'm telling him shit. I'm telling him a goddamn thing. I hate that, by the way. I hate to be out in public. Some shit happens. You got to tell somebody something. I hate that. I really, I, I still do. <laughs> I never got over it. So I go up to him. And the word that came through was such. Be careful who you accept money from. You're just building this house. 
Not all money is a sow in. Some money is blood money. Be careful who sows into this house. All right? So he, oh, and I bless the Lord. You know how niggas do. They got the shucking and jiving. And, oh, Jesus is so in the One of the things he did say to me was, um, he said that I had a spirit like unto Deborah, who was one of the first judges, um, or the first judge within our biblical structure and confines. And um, I said to him, yeah, that's, that's fitting, actually. That's very fitting. I would agree with that assessment. So he doesn't listen. He takes money from this man who's a so-called pastor, right? And the fucked up thing is, the day that I gave him that message, that same fucking, right after I said it to him, I swear to you, right after I walked away from saying it to him, the man I was warning him about was right behind me and walked up and put money in his hand. Not five minutes after he said, well, bless the Lord, we prayed. That should happen. It happened, right? He wasn't being arrogant about who was sowing into him. You know, it was dollars, and it was coming from a pastor, and the pastor said, I'm going to bless you and your house. I want to be a blessing, and we sister churches or brother churches, whatever the fuck language you use. And so um, he takes the money, and the house begins to fall apart. They end up, you know, losing all kind of stuff. They lost the building they were using. I mean, it just ended up being a hot mess. And I looked at that, and I walked away from church after that altogether because that was the second time I had seen that shit happen, and I said third time is not the charm, nigga. Third time is three strikes, you're out. Fuck that. But what I learned is that when you let the wrong motherfucker in to so-called feed and contribute to your house, whether that be the place where you live, your body, and your spirit, whatever, person, place, thing, Whichever one of those things it is, whoever you let and feed you, you better make sure that they're a good cook. Now, something that I learned even as a child, you can't eat from just anybody. I can't. I can't. Never have been able to. I mean, even when we would go to my grandmother's house, my mother had to bring food. Girl, this is my grandmama. This is my mama mama. You know, that's what taught her how to cook. But mama couldn't just take us over there because granny cooked things in a different way than mama did. You know, like I said, movements get started as one lone nut. You know, they get a thing going, and then there's a follower who follows the leader, but they add their own shit to it, and everybody follows the follower. Well, Granny set the flavor palette. Mama added something to it, and I like what Mama did because that was my normal. I couldn't eat Granny food. Granny put, like, raw onions and her potato salad and nasty shit like that. Who the fuck does that? (laughs) Who the fuck does that? (laughs) You know, she wasn't enjoyable to me. So... Mama would have to cook and bring food everywhere we went, didn't matter who we went to. The only person who could cook for me that wasn't Mama was my godmother. And to this day, I will eat what Godmama cooks, you know? But that's also because when I was very young, she was cooking for me and feeding. You know, she would watch us when Mama had to work and all that whole kind of thing. But I was always very arrogant about what I ate and from where. You know, it wasn't until I became a teenager and the whole McDonald's craze and cheap food and that whole sort of thing became you know, swept in oodles and noodles and nasty ass shit like that that we did because we were teenagers and then college kids. Fucking, oh, God, what college did to my body. Oh, God. <laughs> we ate so crappy. Cold Chinese food. Cold ass pizza fresh out the fridge and shit, nastiness like that, you know? And so when you're eating from just anywhere and eating just anything, you're feeding on it. 
is changing you. It's causing in-change in you. Those exchanges do cause in-change. You know, I touched on that briefly yesterday when I was talking about sexual energy exchange in-change. And I said, you know, there's basically for all intents and purposes, a dick for every pussy and a pussy for every dick based on the size thing, that there's something or someone that is equipped to bring the pleasure to you. They just have to know how to, you know, they they have to be compatible with you and they have to know how to work their energy so that it's complementary to yours not so that it's in opposition to yours or taking from yours and such the like. So with everything, whenever something is feeding us, whenever we're eating on something, it's changing us. Same with sexual exchange in change. It's changing something in you. That's why you can get sick, you can get pregnant. There are changes going on in you. Reaction. I put everything, you know. So we, when we left off, Briefly, we were talking about uh, being arrogant over what is poisoning and or feeding your spirit because everything has its time and its season. So I'm going to play this quick song, and then we'll come back in.
myself and Queenie Fama. It's called Endlessly by Clara Hill, and I'm actually so glad that the brother didn't introduce this uh, singer to me. Um, I really do need good new sounds. So, um, you know, like I said, I stopped listening to music sometime around maybe uh, 2003. So for me, you know, music is uh, it's a healer, and if there's new stuff out there that's actually good, fucking tell me. I need that. So let's play this. This is dedicated to Queenie Fama and myself from Galactic.
Wow, that was beautiful. Thank you, Galactic, for that. Um, you know, it triggered a memory for me. Uh, I was talking to this brother one time, and he said to me, I would love to experience your cooking. And I, la- I looked at him, and I wanted to laugh because, you know, I knew what he was saying. And so I just smiled knowingly instead. And he says, well, I mean, I don't mean that, like, patriarchally, like, you know, you need to be cooking or you need to be in the kitchen or anything like that. And that let me know he had both been listening to me speak and he had been reading my writings, even though he wouldn't admit to it, because we never had a conversation about these things before. So where this was coming from meant that he had been paying attention to, you know, my flow and the things that I had been talking about. And so um, it was just, it was a very interesting conversation watching him struggle with his own patriarchal everything and, um, you know, also wanting that that feminine power, that feminine exchange, that feminine nurturing in a sense. Um, and I think we all want it. I mean, I can cook, cook my ass off. I just don't do it. Um, <laughs> and I understand it, but it also made me think of this particular song um, by Erica Badu. I'm going to spin that. Then we'll get on back to talking. Queen, I see you're back with us. Your call had dropped off. I'm glad you're back on. GS, I'm glad you're back in the chat room. Um, you know, everybody call on in, 347-826-9930. We're just chilling. You know, we're just going to talk. It's going to be some real talk. We'll build on some shit. We'll play some good music. I'm taking requests. You know, we're just we're just doing it. Yeah, yo, yeah, yo, yeah. Well, see the sun's in the east. 
The way we take a break is that y'all can take a break. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Whew, that makes me think of um, an India Ari song, the lyric. It said, uh, she said, Mother Earth is hurting and everybody's searching for that feminine energy. Mm-hmm. Everybody's searching for that feminine energy. You know, it's what feeds us. It's what sustains us. It's what encourages us. It's what keeps us growing. That's where the very spark of inspiration comes from. That's how, you know, we have encouragement and even inner empowerment to do half the shit that we do. Uh, I've said it before, and I will happily say it, nothing happens except by the power and even the authority of the muses. The muses are a part of everything that we do, everything we know, everything we love, everything we honor. Um, The inspiration of the muses is is what makes it possible. My shows are always, always inspired by the muses. It's not possible for me to do anything except by those muses, you know, just making it possible, making it 
helpful for me to be able to continue to grow, to push myself, to be inspired, to talk about some of these things, where these thoughts come from. You know, when we hear certain stuff, it's it's just the inspiration for everything. All right, Galactic Scientist got another request up. Um, all right, let me try to put this in the soundboard right quick. Oh, Queen, hey, you're back on. Let me open your mic. Hey, Queen, you're forward with us. Oh, it's open. And there it is. You're open now. Queen, you're on with us. Hey, welcome back. Hey, I'm in the, I'm in the Potawatomi bingo having lunch. Okay, so I'm on mute. Okay. Okay, I'm listening, though. Okay. Not a problem. Just thought I'd let you know you was here with us, you know, and your mic is open. So whenever you're ready to say something, you just weigh on in. Galactic, I'm going to go ahead and pull your song up while um, I get the one that I wanted to hear ready as well. Because um, I'm just flowing. I'm just just in it. I'm enjoying this. This is great. <sighs> let me scroll down my list here. You know, it's hard sometimes with um, – I wish that blog talk, you know, I'm happy when they make things easier for us who run shows. It's great. But I really do wish, though, that Blog Talk would let us put the songs in folders. You know, like if I could go to, like if I could either arrange them in folders by artist or genre or something, goddammit, you know, like that would be great rather than just alphabetical order. Um, I don't know. That's just the way my Gemini mind works. I need it. So here's it.
I see Galactic, you're on with us. I'm going to open your mic. And I also have your song queued up. What is this? It's Caution by Tedra Moses. I have never heard this before, so, you know, this is news for me, too. Let's hear it. Let's go. mic is open. You're on with us. Queen, your mic is still open. I know you're muted because you're having your lunch. I hope it is absolutely lovely like you are. Must be that spaghetti she made last night. Must be what? That spaghetti she made last night. Ooh. That's right. I forgot all about I, that. I, know, I forgot. I, I ain't forgot. I did, though, until just right now. Now I'm tasting it. Great. Thanks. Wait a minute, y'all. Wait, 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 wait. See, I just got an idea. They had some okay. buffalo chili here, right? Buffalo chili. So I got okay. to taste the buffalo chili. Guess what I'm putting in that spaghetti? I'm going to give me an order to go. I'm going to plop that buffalo chili right in that spaghetti. Woo! Ooh, I think that's Queen, I'm so mad at you. Good. Damn, I'm hungry now. I'm throwing down right now, y'all. There's nobody here to feed me. What the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> what is this shit? <laughs> <laughs> Damn, 
a real Swiss burglary, real Swiss cheese. Unbelievable. Mm, 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 mm. I'm mad, but I can't be. But, yeah, this is the know, first time I've ever been talking. here. Yeah, I've never been my here. My stomach is talking. Okay. Hey. Hey. Oh, I'm it's hungry. Like now I got to play a song. Slot machines and shit. Oh. It's See, a they casino. trying to do that here. They're trying to do that here. They, they keep fighting the casino thing. It'll end up passing by 2017. You watch. Mark my fucking words. But um, they've been fighting it back and forth. But I would love that. Wouldn't that be nice? You know, you just, I don't know, something about the colors for me. Um, I don't like all the noises and stuff. Y'all know a little noises and shit bother me. But all the colors, I don't know, it, it does something. Plus, you know, they pump all that extra oxygen into them places to keep y'all ass there high. <laughs> It's a great experience, you know? So I would like to go have lunch and fuck Are you casinos. serious? Now I got to play. Mm-hmm. In the casinos up north here. I've been to um, Mohegan Sun and Foxwoods, and then I went to Philly with my mother one year. We we did uh, Black Friday, and we did shopping. Oh, my God, I will never do this again. We got on a bus. Listen, y'all, first and foremost, no disrespect to her, but I am not Rosa Parks, okay? <laughs> Me and that bus. Do not get along. So we decide, in all our sainted brilliance, please hear the sarcasm here, to get on a bus from Boston to go from from Boston all the way to Philly, but shopping all the way in between, right? Hitting up all the Black Friday sales and shit. Oh, my God, it was the most miserable experience. But the best part of it is the hotel we ended up staying in had a casino attached to it. So me and my went, we had drinks, we were playing penny slots and shit. And I was sitting there, and she was like, oh, man, I'm starting to feel tired. Well, she was having drinks. I wasn't drinking. And I was like, well, I'm nursing this little cup of wine. At the, actually, at the time, I was drinking Behringer. God help me. Okay? White fucking Zinfandel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Now I love better wines. But anyhow, I'm nursing this little cup <laughs> of Behringer's white Zin. And, you know, sitting there drinking a cup of water with a little teeny tiny cup of is in and playing the slots and she's like I'm tired I was like get tired man I- I've never felt better and she goes yeah I saw the damn oxygen they pumped in in this place I was like what and she goes yeah so I go to my phone and I look it up because um, I had my first smartphone I was so happy and I look it up and uh, come to find out yeah they do pump uh, extra oxygen into the casinos to keep your ass there that's why people get so addicted to being there it's not just the energy and the spending and all the spirited spirits that are around you telling you, yeah, yeah, you can do it one more time because they like to see your ass lose and laugh at you. <laughs> it's also the, the oxygen, the extra oxygen. It's feeding your brain more than your – I mean, you figure we're out here. It's all this polluted air and shit. It's not just straight oxygen. It's doing something different to you. And I'm telling you, y'all, I was feeling live like a wire. I mean, it was crazy. Um, so, yeah, Queen, I would love that. I wish they'd let it open up here in Mass. That would be great. That'd be great. Well, I'm going to play a song because now Queen has a Wait, wait, wait. I'm going to try, I'm gonna try okay. a slot machine, y'all. I'm going to do a slot machine. I've I got a feeling I'm going to win something. I thought about it earlier this Queen, morning. Queen, I'm going to send some lottery. energy away. I'm going to send you yeah, some energy, energy away. I'm only spending a dollar. So one dollar, yep. okay? One dollar, yep. and I'm going to win 100000 okay? There Dang it is. It. It's, in, it's in the universe. 100000 One dollar. All right, Galactic, All right. send me some of that scientific in- energy over here, okay? I will do that, yes. All right, All right. put $1 in our name. 
the Angry Diva Show. I'm going to pull that oh. slot in our name. There it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> there it is, Queen. Queen, I'll play a slot. They got me hungry. So I'm going to play this Luther Vandross so I can go get some fucking food because it's Queen's fault. <laughs> it's Queen's fault, y'all. It's totally 150% her fault. Talking about that damn... Actually, Galactic started it. If I'm going to lay blame, let's go with who started it. He was the instigator. He talked about the spaghetti. He put it back in my mind. The queen had to add that she has some fire-ass chili that she's going to add to it. I don't appreciate any of this, so I'm going to play this song, Stomp Off Like a Child, and get me some neat.
don't want shit that's in there. So I'm trying to get me a quick um a quick kale smoothie on. That is so not the fuck what I want. <laughs> I want that damn spaghetti. <laughs> Queen, I want that damn spaghetti. I'm serious as fuck. I want that spaghetti. Now I'm going to be, you know, a two-year-old about it because I can't get it. <laughs> so someone that I know that I trust to eat their food is going to bring me spaghetti today. God damn it. Somebody's making me some spaghetti um, because I will have what I want at all times when I want it because that's what I do. <laughs> it's, just, it's just fucking what I do, you know. I always get my way some kind of way. I don't care how I come. I can't have the spaghetti the queen cook. Fine, I'm over that. But I'm going to have it. I'm going to have what I want. So we're back on. We're back up. And um, Galactic, you you with us? You still with us? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Man, you hooked oh, okay. that spaghetti up quick. I ain't made no damn spaghetti. You ain't heard me say no, I got I'm, a kale no, movie I'm in the works. I'm just saying, you hooked it up. You getting it? Oh yeah, I'm getting it. I'm I'm all to do what I want. And you know, while we're talking about it, what I really want, and I don't even talk to the girl no more that makes it. We had a falling out because she stole from me. I mean, literally stole from me. We worked together, and um, I had a, a care package sent to me for Christmas one year. It was a Nintendo DS. Um, this is when the DSs at first came out. Uh, a, what is it, a digital camera and some other shit was in there. So the box comes to the desk. She opens it, gets me to sit at the desk to cover so she can go to her car, to so-called take books to her car. Meanwhile, it's my stuff. So it all ends up coming out in the wash. She ends up losing her job. We end up never talking again. But the girl made a lasagna that would make you want to slap your mama. Oh, my God. I, shit. I don't remember how she did it. I never cared. I just, you know, there's some of that shit that you just kind of take for granted. I didn't mind and get the pearls and shit. I was just enjoying it in the moment. So I don't know how this bitch did that shit, but I just know that whenever she made it, it was like, it was a tear. A tear was brought to my eye. It was so good. She did the ricotta perfectly. You know, my mama always made lasagna too, but mama always put too many damn eggs in the ricotta. So it was all like, it wasn't fluffy enough for me. I wanted to kind of like stand up thick, not be heavy laden, you know? It's just something about yeah. the way certain people do certain things that it just it's good, but then you have it another way and you know ooh oh ricotta cheese. Oh I need it. <laughs> I need it. Queen, do you see what you have done? Do you see what you have done to me, Queen? This is not fair, okay? I don't do these things to you. Oh, actually, yes, I do. I'm always posting pictures to my Facebook about beautiful food that, you know, yeah, that's okay. Yep. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, somebody going to bring me some goddamn uh, spaghetti. But in the meantime, you know, I got, like, some cheese seeds, some kale, and a smoothie that I'm trying to work up, you know, some mango pieces or some shit. I don't know. Do something. Because I looked in my fridge, and I'm like, I could do a burger. I don't want no damn meat. I don't feel like sauteing up no vegetables. Oh, what's fast? I know. Blend it. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> blender shit, you know? So I'll play one more song and mute myself so y'all don't hit me in here with the blender fighting with the shit. Um, <laughs> we'll be back while Triple drinks our fucking lunch. <laughs>
<laughs> I love that song. Oh yeah, Galactic. Indy Reeve was my girl. Still is. She does some good work. I love her voice anyway. Um I got I got another one for you. Uh oh. What you got? What's your app? Um let's see. Um uh, the song is called Alone Together. Is by this uh, British cat named Daly, D-A-L-E-Y, featuring uh, Marsha Ambrosius. Oh, I like her. Duet. Yeah, it's a duet. All right, look at that queued up. I went to the fridge, man. I was like, oh, shit, there's hummus. Found the pita chips. I'm a happy camper. Fuck that movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Got some little crunch on. I'm about to uh, do a chicken breast and then slice it up with some uh, pasta. What kind of pasta? Everybody's having pasta but me. You got pasta on the way. I know, but I'm not having it now. Gotta wait. (laughs) (laughs) That's terrible. (laughs) Like I gotta wait. (laughs) (sighs) it's It's real simple. It's just plain pasta and uh, a chicken breast that I'm broiling, and I'm just going to slice it up and throw it in there. I know. It sounds simple, but it sounds good at the same time, you know? I'm a lazy-ass eater. You know, I, I like to eat well. I I mean, I like gourmet good shit, too. But, um, I ain't cooking. <laughs> Y'all like <laughs> cooking. I don't do it. Not even for the vibe. <laughs> oh man, not even for the vine. Let me type this in. Oh, daily. Yeah, a lot of a lot of the stuff that I listen to don't even get radio play, and a lot of that stuff that I've been requesting you to play, a lot of that stuff is old, old stuff. Like mm-hmm. Clara, like that Clara Hill, that I think mm-hmm. she did, she did that CD back in two thousand and five or something like that. Oh wow! Yeah, but see, she's overseas, so she don't really get a right. lot of she don't get a lot play of play over here, here at all. Mm-hmm. Tedra Moses, she just flew under the radar because I think that album that I got that I you played that song from, I think that was like 2008. Yeah, see, I like old sounds too. You know, I like the old music. The reason I like the old stuff is because it's something about whatever the fuck they're putting out now. And by now, I mean from like 2010-ish to now. Some of it is good. Some of it's decent. Some of it's kind of cool, kitschy, catchy. And a lot of it is like, what the fuck are we listening to? You know, I, I yeah. listen to that. I, I don't know why I did this to my ears. You know, Queenie Farmer gave me this one. I don't put shit in my brain computer. You know, like, I need to stop doing that with some of this stuff. But T.I. comes out with a song with some white broad. I think her name is Iggy Azalea. I don't know if I'm saying it right. But yeah, um, something her. called that's No, her. no, okay, No Mediocre. And I'm listening to it. And I'm like, this is fucking music today. talented as we got, you know? So I like to listen to 
things for their lyrical content. You know, I know a lot of people want all of these metaphors and allegories and all this shit, but I like to listen to what they're saying. And if I could vibe with it and relate to it, I like it. It's got to be speaking to me. It's got to sound right to me. It can't just be like, shit, everybody like. I don't give a damn if it ain't popular. If it's good, it's good. You know, what's popular is trash, if you ask me. Yeah, I call it cookie cutter music. Cookie cutter, there you go. Bubble gum and cookie cutter, I would agree. Well, Galactic, I've got your song queued up, so I'm going to go ahead and play that. Okay. All right, let's do it. the 
whatever it is, let it be, let it be, whatever it is, whatever it is. Whatever it is, let it be, let it be, whatever it is, whatever it is, let it like her um I, of course who didn't love flowetry come on <laughs> i was sad when they split apart i won't lie and then i got kind of boycottish boycottish about it and then i heard the flow assist album i haven't actually checked out the songstress album so, you know, this is a, I've heard a couple of her songs, but I haven't actually, like, you know, gotten the album and just sat and poured through it the way I did with the Flow Assist. Um, and I did that with her album when it first came out. I think that was um, probably either summer 2012 or, you know, fall or the spring or something to that effect. Um, or at least that's when I got my hands on it. And um, I loved it. It was a, a great sound and message. Um, I, that's the reason I like old music. There was a message sometimes from cover to cover in the album. There was a vibe. There was a general feeling. Now it's just like, you know, it's thrown all together, all kind of crazy, haphazard ways. You don't know what the hell you're listening to. So um, I'll check out, you know, her album. I did really enjoy She had a song. She did a cover of um, Sade's Stronger Than Pride, Love is Stronger Than Pride. And I love that song. First of all, Sade is my girl. Don't ever say nothing bad about it. Um, you know, like, I bang for Sade. But <laughs> I loved this song. Let me find it. Put it under her name. Oh, that sucks. Where is it? See what I'm saying? They need to let us organize this stuff um, differently than how it is. I'll just put it like that. Okay, there it is. I love you. I won't pretend that I intend to stop living. I won't pretend I'm good at forgiving. But I can't hate you.
Mm-hmm. I love that fucking song. And I especially love her remake. But anyway, um, I had something funny to report. It's actually not that funny, but it was funny to me. And please understand, my sense of humor is different than everybody else's. Um, and so I was even exploring, why did you laugh? And I think I got it. So one of my friends writes this. That awkward moment when you're kicked out of the room where your daughter is getting a physical because she has her own privacy with the doctor now. Her graduation and prom didn't make me cry, but this does. Goodness, she really is a big girl now. Now I'm roaming the hallway in tears, LOL. <laughs> so one of her friends, a guy, says, tell yourself it will be okay. She says, I did. It's not working. This is funny. She's getting a physical, not surgery. <laughs> and I think that's what I saw. It's a laugh. <laughs> Like, honey, she's getting a physical, not surgery, you know. So she goes, I know, but it's just the thought of her having her own privacy with the doctor now, no help from mom. And so the guy says, I have enough faith in a woman that I've never met that you could do this. Now, what does that tell you? So I just I just hit like on a whole bunch of it. And I thought it was just so cute um, because I, I was thinking about when I was a girl. And first of all, you know, we all started out. Our pediatrician it was a guy. And so then, you know, puberty happens to your body. And I was like, oh, I don't want the doctor to be a man no more. So we switched from a guy to a woman. And then there was the stage where they began asking whether or not you wanted your mother to leave the room. And my mother would be like, well, she ain't doing that. Ain't nothing. I don't know. She can let me know that. <laughs> and the doctor said, Miss, um, can you please step out of the room while I ask your daughter whether or not she would prefer that her examination happen with you in here? And so, you know, it was it became a thing about protection and, you know, wanting to make sure that I was okay and all of that. So I laughed because I was remembering being the child, okay, whose mother is like, but I'm her mama. What do you mean I got to leave the room? I'm her mama. <laughs> you know? But then conversely, now I don't have children. I was thinking, what would Triple do if it was Triple's daughter? I want to fucking leave the room. Fuck you. <laughs> I would leave. <laughs> I was like, no, I am not letting my child alone in the room with you. I know what you motherfuckers do. So, no, you cannot have access to my child that I have birthed and nurtured and fucking spent all my goddamn time, resources, energy, blood, sweat, tears, and body itself to bring into this world and keep alive. So you could just have five minutes by no, I ain't doing it. I ain't doing it for the vine either. <laughs> so I laugh. I laugh because, you know, I was I was just considering the sort of double bind where it's like, okay, she does need to learn how to do this for herself, um, because part of her growing up being a woman, yada yada yada. And on the other hand it's like, no, nah, mom ain't good. <laughs> So I just I just thought that that was so cute. I just kind of wanted to share that with y'all because, you know, it made me laugh. And anything that makes me laugh is, you know, pretty decent to talk about. Anyway, that's that, Galactic. Um, thank you for your song suggestion. And I'm glad I was able to play that one by the songstress, Marsha Ambrosius. Now I'm looking to see, uh, you know, what I had queued up next. Oh, ooh, ooh. Which one? Yeah, we'll do this one.
love that damn song. Now, Galactic, this is a little bit, um, it's a little creepy, but we were just talking about the songstress, correct? And um, I look at my Facebook while I'm playing my Erica, and what do I see? Lo and behold, there's an article talking about, um, it's on the roots, and it's talking about her working with Michael Jackson to pen butterflies. Which, of course, they're going to talk about all Michael shit all day because, you know, they Michael died so many years ago. But um, I thought that that was just so interesting that right as we're talking about, you know, her, here comes this other thing coming up. So I'm actually trying to find, where the hell is Michael? I wanted to put um, butterflies in the soundboard. I thought that would be great. I was going to do that. But uh, then, you know, as soon as the stroke of genius hit me, Erica's song was ending. So let me get the article up instead, and we'll talk a little bit about it. Okay. Here we go. Oh, it's the Grio, not the Roots. I'm sorry. It's the Grio. Marcia Ambrosius talks on her studio sessions with Michael Jackson. Scroll down. The computer wants to be a butt face and go slow. Here we go. June 25th, 2009 will always be a day you remember where you were when you heard that Michael Jackson died. Actually, I did start the show talking about that. I remember exactly where I was. I was sick as hell. I was on my way to go see The Color Purple, the stage production. <laughs> I was on the orange line. I was getting ready to get off at, what the hell is it, stop? Mm, I think it's New England, or it was back in the day. It was called New England Medical Center. Now it's Tufts Medical Center in Boston. And I was going to go to the Wang Theater to go see The Color Purple. And I'm on the train, and this kid starts screaming, Michael died, oh, my God, Michael Jackson's dead. I can't fucking believe it. And I'm looking, and I'm like, what? You playing? They're always talking about a celebrity kid. Moreover, Michael can't die because I'm supposed to see this motherfucker perform live before he leaves this planet, goddammit. I told him that I was going to see him live, and he promised me I'd make the opportunity in my dream. <laughs> I prepped that shit. <laughs> so I was, you know, in denial until uh, we went to a restaurant called Montien, and it was right across from the Wang Center, and we're having dinner. It's this great Thai place in um, the theater district in downtown Boston, and the news screens, they're all up. Every TV in the place is set to the news. And they're talking about uh, the King of Pop is dead. And they're showing him on the stretcher and everything. And I just, I think my fork hit the uh, plate. Because then it was real for me. It was like, wait a minute, Michael's dead. This nigga get ready to do a tour in London. What do you mean? He's dead. Are y'all sure that's him? Like, I don't believe this shit. I don't believe it, you know? And so it took me a little while. I think by three days after, that's when it became real for me. I think, and the same thing happened when Whitney went, and the same thing happened when Luther went. I was just kind of like shocked and in denial. Like, nah, man, that ain't happened. Y'all lying. Y'all always talking about celebrity dead. Because they did the same shit to Sinbad. They killed Sinbad on the Internet. Sinbad is still alive and kicking and being his yellow stuff. <laughs> anyway, without further ado... Let's go back to the article. All right. Marcia Ambrosius was a co-writer of one of Jackson's last hits, 2001's Butterflies. I wrote about a guy who I had a crush on who used to work at a McDonald's in London, she called. She said, at the time, she was shopping for a record deal as a member of Floetry. She, uh, Jackson heard a version of her song on the um, the demo tape. He arranged for Ambrosius to work with him while he was recording Invincible. 
I believed in that song, she said. I didn't know that I'd get Michael Jackson to believe in it, too. I was just embraced by the greatest. Oh, that's a sweet moment for her. That's really cool, you know? Like, you're, you're a singer and one of the prime, premier entertainers of all time. Got to tutor you. I mean, that's fucking great. It's just brilliant. So that's a sweet little, you know, little reflection. Um, I'm not going to get all political. You know, I'm feeling kind of cool anyhow. So, But uh, let me get Invincible up. Y'all know I got the album. I remember when that motherfucker came out, too. Um, I went to Tower Records. Let me see. Oh, yeah, it was in school. The one, is that when it came out? When the hell did Invincible come out? Who remembers? Let me look this up right quick. I don't remember when it came out. I just remember I was in school, and Tower Records was across the street from my school. I went to school right behind Fenway Ballpark. And um, I remember running across the street to go get this. Oh, I don't even have it in here. You've got to be kidding me. What is this? Okay. I don't know what happened to the whole Invincible album, but it's not in here. I'll find it later. I'm not even going to go crazy about it. Anyhow, I crossed the street to go get the album. I bought it. I put it in my Discman, <laughs> my Sony Discman. <laughs> I think the only thing worse than that is if I said my Sony Walkman. remember that shit, all right, before the MP3, <laughs> it was the Discman, <laughs> and I remember popping it in, I'm supposed to be in school, it's lunchtime, you know, we get back across the street, whatever, and I just listened to the album the whole fucking day, and I loved it, I just, I loved the message of what he was saying, I didn't think it was, you know, I think his last really great album was dangerous, and even that, you know, when you, when you come out the park with fucking Thriller, what do you do after that? And I can identify with that being a lunar Virgo. I can identify with that because Virgo is an overachiever, a perfectionist, and everything has to be just so. Very particular, very nitpicky. Um, you know, that's my little twin. One of my twins. Yeah, everything just has to be just so. And it, has, and, and it comes off as being you have to have your way. And that's true, but really it's more so that if it's not just right, you know, it doesn't seem right or like it was worth anything and you question whether or not the effort you put in was even worth it because it didn't come up this way. And, you know, it's kind of like a singular focus um, that Virgos end up locking in on. So that's what made him a genius at what he did because, you know, he just kind of kept wanting to improve and improve and improve himself. That's what I took away from it anyway. And so I've begun to model myself after that, yeah. Yes, I have. So I think it's important. I think self-work is the best work. Ain't no work like it. And um, my lifelong endeavor is to always, I'm not in competition with nobody but who I was yesterday. That's the only person I'm in competition with. Everybody else is just some fucking bullshit that I'm unfortunate to even have to experience come across in my life, but I am only trying to be better than whoever the fuck that bitch was that I was yesterday, you know? Yeah, daily we die and daily we rise. That's why, you know, it's good morning. 
what we should be mourning the death of whatever the fuck that was from yesterday so we can have a new thing in its place. Um, that's just how I look at it. So, uh, you know, everybody's still on. Queen is uh, playing them slots. She's going to give us an update in a, in a few seconds, I'm sure. <laughs> Let us know how that's going over there, all that good juju. <laughs> and uh, Galactic is over there cooking pasta. Like, I didn't just say that I wanted pasta. You know, everybody's having a good time, and I'm having a good time, but they're eating, and it's just not right. No. <laughs> not right. I'm here. I'm here. Oh, okay. Well, you know, so how, many, not how, like, many years, how many years has it been since his death? Um, he died in 2009. Damn. Almost four, four years. Four years today, right? Four. Yeah, well, um, five? My math is terrible. Five years. Okay. Yep. Well, because, you know, you don't count 2009 to 2000. Yeah, that works. Okay, I got it now. Y'all know I'm a little slow on the uptake. I'm a dyslexic, man. I got to write shit down. <laughs> you know? Yep, it's it's been a while. You know, it's so fucked up, Galactic. Like a week before the nigga died. I turned to my sister and I said, the day that this man dies is going to be pandemonium. I was listening to his music. I just couldn't. Now, whenever I get locked in on a celebrity, I freak the fuck out. Like, I knew my Angela was going to go. I knew Ruby was going to go. And um, I knew Whitney S. was going to go, too, when she went. And that shit fucked me up, too. But um, when he did pass, I think that's why I was kind of in a state of shock, because I had just said something about it not a week prior. And so I was like, nah, nah, nah. Nah, that didn't fucking just happen. This didn't happen. That's not possible. And you, you know, it's just kind of like you're paranoid because you said the shit. So that's why you you think these people are right. <laughs> did you ever Did you ever get a chance to see him live? No. Okay. No, I didn't, which is unfortunate. So then I was mad because I felt cheated. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, cheated. I saw I saw the Jackson Five live. I think that was in like 19, man, it had to be like the early 70s. Oh, man. Everybody yep. got to see them but me. Well, <laughs> Again. not everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go again. Born in the wrong fucking decade. Ain't that about a bitch. <laughs> yep. So I, I got to see him when they were still the Jackson Five, but he was the show. He was the show. He was the show. I've seen some of their old performances. You know, I mean, God help me. After he passed away, his brothers decided that they was going to try to, I don't even know what the fuck to call it, but all I'm waiting on is for that goddamn hologram to make its way into the Jackson stage performance at fucking Las Vegas. That's what I'm waiting on. I know that it's going to happen. And so I'm waiting to hear about that fucking horrible hologram shit that they pulled going on in Las Vegas with the Jackson 5 now. <laughs> I'm serious. Well, yeah. Cause he's waiting gonna, on it. He's going to be performing with them. Yep. The Jackson 5 together again or some shit. Watch. Yep. Well, together, together forever. The Jackson and 5 people... Immortal or some old shit. And people will flock to see it. Yes, that's the sick thing about it. They they would they'd pay money 
to go from all over the world to go see that shit. That's the sick thing of it. It's the disturbing thing of it. I don't know whether but, to celebrate that or to be disgusted. I, I'm I'm erring on the know, side of disgust. You, you know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'm erring on the side of fucking disgust. Because it's like, can the man just die already? Can he just be dead? Just let him be dead. You not want to do nothing worth nothing with your life. So that way, when you die, you can just rank. You know, shit. Because <laughs> if you do anything worth anything, when you die, they're going to pimp your ass till kingdom come. Marilyn Monroe, anybody? Hello? It's some sick shit. Yeah, and, and all that, that holographic stuff just gives them it just gives them a new segue into marketing it is what it does. Because yeah. now, now what, what's going to happen is they'll be able to hold an entire concert of a dead person. Ugh. And people will go and people will go pay to see it as if they're watching a movie. Ugh. Sad. But I know. Yes, and fucking disgusting to boot, but you know, um, whatever. <laughs> Let me play a song so I can get over the
That's my jam. I love this damn song. Ooh, I love that song. I actually got another one of my Michaels that is my favorite. It's Dirty Diana. I fucking love Dirty Diana. One of the reasons that I love the song is when he went to perform it in England, um, he when he went to perform in England, he actually wasn't going to play Dirty Diana. He wasn't going to do it. And then Princess Diana actually went to him and told him she wanted him to do it and, like, you know, do it in tribute to her. And he did, and it was great. <laughs> So I'm going to play that song. I love this fucking song. Home, she's probably worried tonight. I didn't call on the phone to say that I'm all right. 
All right, man. We got 60 seconds before we go into overtime. Just to let everybody know, three four seven eight two six nine three zero. Again, three four seven eight two six nine nine three zero. That's your call in. <laughs> Call on in. All righty. Uh, and that's that. So uh, we'll be going on over into overtime. It'll be another hour. If you want to hear the last hour of the show, that's what you do. And if that's your time with us for the day, we appreciate you listening thus far. And peace be your journey. <laughs> that's all I got to say about that. Hey, Galactic, I think the reason oh, – oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. She just announced 10 seconds in my ear, too. No, I said, how was the shake? Oh, I didn't eat that. I had hummus instead. Oh, right. I, I hummus the, the yep. hummus and the pita chips. Yeah. <laughs> how about you? How was your pasta that you ain't shared with nobody? <laughs> Actually, it was very good. I'm sure it was. I'm just going to be a bit spoiled about it because, well, I want pasta, but I don't feel like making it, you know. I mean, I could do that, but, you know, then I have to cook. <laughs> Not going to happen. <laughs> no, really, it's, um, I don't, I have to take things out the freezer. You know, I didn't pre-think it. I kind of wing it when it comes to food because I changed my mind, you know. I changed my mind too quickly. Like, I started the smoothie. I took everything out. Started, you know, cutting the kale off the stems and stuff and getting everything ready. And then I came back because they knew the song was coming to an end. And then I was like, you know what? There's hummus in there. I'm going to put this kale in a bag, back in the refrigerator, and have this hummus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm going to do. So that's what I did. Actually, it was pretty decent. Um, I don't know. I'm just... I kind of the idea of the pasta sounds good. Don't get me wrong, and I do want it, but um, I'm gonna try to see if I get some meatless pasta. For some reason, I'm just kind of like not feeling meat right now, uh, and I do that. I just kind of follow whatever um, you know, my body is feeling. So if I'm feeling don't eat no meat. I just kind of leave it be for a while until you know I get that taste again. But when my taste buds change up, I just follow them. So right now, it's all about the veggies and such the like, um, and hummus and guacamole and stuff like that is really big on my palate right now for whatever reason. That's good, so though. You're supposed, to be, you're supposed to be eating meat every damn day. Right. That's not good for you. Mm-hmm. At all. It's hard for your stomach, too. Plus, you yeah. know, I mean, red meat and stuff, you know, um, all the time. It's not, it's not always so good for you. But I do try to pay attention to that. For the most part, um, during breakfast or something. If I go out to get breakfast, I I love corned beef hash. I don't even know what the fuck is why. I love it. <laughs> Actually, to be perfectly honest, I like corned beef. Period. Um, it's something about it. I saw one in the store uh, the other day and I almost got it. I was like, I could stick that motherfucker in the crock pot with some vegetables and ooh, wait. Mm. <laughs> You take it, you put all your little spices together. I like to get pickling spices and throw some of that in there. 
um, you know, some time sometimes to bring certain different flavors. It all depends on what you're trying to go for, but ooh, you got to get some good mustard seeds and stuff. Oh, my God, now I'm going to have to go get a damn beef, uh, a damn uh, corned beef. <laughs> Side of corn beef and cook that motherfucker up. I just say things and then I want it and then I get over it very quickly. <laughs> I get over it. Like it, it gets, uh, it's just something about chewing on it for a little while just to talk about it and then, you know, all right, I'm good. Next. Right. That's, that's good, though, because a lot of people get those. A lot of people will just act off of impu- impulsive urges. Sometimes I have to. Like yesterday, the reason we started the show a little later yesterday is because, for whatever reason, 10 minutes before the show, I got a taste. I got a Jones for some damn buffalo chicken tenders. I don't have none of that around here. I had to order that. So I got a call. Make a, a call to the pizza shop to get me uh, a pizza shop. Up here I'll have everything. You can get all kinds of different chicken finger dinners, pasta, everything you can think of. You can get them up here. And so, um, you know, I called up and I said, "Hey, I want uh, I want to get the chicken finger dinner. I want buffalo fingers though." I said, "Do you guys do curly fries?" Yeah. Oh my God, yes, curly fries. So <laughs> I just had a taste for that shit for whatever reason. So I had to go get it. You know. Now on that, that I will follow because you know I was hungry. Also, it was lunchtime. I hadn't eaten breakfast, so you know my stomach was starting to eat my back. And I was like, all right, let me, I had some water today. I did pretty good. Let's, you know, we'll go ahead on and, and feed the, the savage beast, <laughs> soothe the savage beast. And um, I had that. But, you know, I don't often follow the impulses unless I really feel it strong. But if it's just a thought, it's not like I'm feeling it and I'm tasting it. I'm just thinking about it. Yeah, I won't I won't go through with it. Because I know as soon as I put it in my mouth, I'm going to be like, Ugh, I want to spit it out. You know, feel it. <laughs> And that, that's exactly that's exactly what happened to me last week. I had an urge for a burrito, but I had an urge for the burrito from where I get them at in Oakland. So I got this little Mexican place Aww. across the street. I got this, and and like you had just said, I was Jones, and now I'm thinking burrito. Fuck it, I want a burrito. And the Mexican place really ain't a Mexican place, but Right. It, it's Mexican enough, I guess. So <laughs> Right, it's Mexican enough. <laughs> so I go over there, I get the burrito, and I take a couple of bites, and I was just like, okay. Dream completely destroyed. Right? In an instant. And it was like, you know, because the first time I went in there, when I ordered a burrito, uh, they were like, you want cheese? I was like, yeah. Then knowing where I was and being in the South, I said, hold up. I said, what kind of cheese is that? He said, uh, oh, it's jack cheese. I was like, wait a minute. Why would you put jack cheese on? Oh, my fucking God. I said, wait, isn't this a Mexican restaurant? He right? said, yeah. I said, you don't have queso fresca? Right. He was like, what is that? Oh, my fucking God, nah, man. I stared off into space, and then the other dude came up. And goes, <laughs> the other dude came up, and he told the dude, he said, "Hey, hey, that's that's Mexican cheese." And he was like, "Sorry, sir, we don't we don't carry queso fresco." And I was like, and then I got caught, and I had to stop myself. I was like, "Who the fuck puts jack cheese on a burrito?" And I was, okay. That's what I just right. said. Jack cheese. Give, 
Yeah. I was like, all right. Man. (laughs) I was like, all right. And and to this day, you know, I don't, I I cook a lot because I love to do it. And I like eating out at nice places. But ever since moving to Georgia, man, I don't really eat out a lot. I don't, I don't, even with all the Mexican here, I don't like the Mexican food. I yeah, did find it's a whole American. It's not real Mexican. It's very right, right. I don't like the Chinese food here. Um, I refuse to fuck with the Japanese food. Um, yeah, me too. Because you know what? It ain't Jap. It's, it's mostly Koreans. It's not Japanese people. Right. I ain't eat right. Japanese food if it is if a Korean cooking it. Just like I'm not eating nigga food if it's a damn Chinese person cooking it. I'm not doing it. And <laughs> so I'm not doing it. I have found a couple of nice Italian places that are okay. And what really surprised me about Georgia is there's not a lot of soul food places. Yeah, what is that about? I have no oh, idea. Everybody's going to grandmama house. Who's going to buy it when you could just go to Granny's house? You know what I'm saying? Every Sunday. Because most people, I still got some of my family down in Georgia, and they all get together for Sunday dinner. So if you really jones it for some soul food, you just got to wait for Sunday. So it makes sense to me that in the South you wouldn't see a lot of soul food places because who's buying it? What market do they have? Now, up here it would do well. You know, and that would go over like a fat rat. But down there, I don't know. I, I, I would well, say it flourish. Triple, you'd be surprised how many people have transplanted to this area. Most people you run into just casually are not even from here. They're yeah, from, I know my family, some of them. Yeah, yeah, they're from, they're from the northeast. They're from yep. the Midwest, and then you got people like me who are from the West Coast. Not saying that there aren't any native Georgians here. There are, of course. However, the run-of-the-mill people that you run into, or even if you're in a work environment or like that, they're from somewhere else. Right. Right. So the market is so then here. There is I understand a market what for you're it. Saying. I, yeah, the market is here for it, but I understand what you're saying. And I'm out of that loop. Because I have no family in Georgia whatsoever, right. none. So I don't even have that as an option. No Sunday, right? You know, soul food dinner. That's not even an option for me unless I just happen to run into somebody where they got that tradition going. I've been here since 2002, and the shit ain't happened yet. So it's safe to assume. Chances are, right. it's not going to. Mm-hmm. So I just mm-hmm. kind of roll. I just kind of roll with it, and I have been to some of the more popular spots. They got one place called the Beautiful uh, in downtown Atlanta. Supposedly, a lot of celebrities go there, and I went there once. I ain't been back since because I'm not a I'm not a buffet person. Right. So oh, they, that's I a don't like, for pathogens, by the way. Yeah, I don't like food that's sitting out. Even if you keep. Even if you keep it warm, no. I need some shit coming out from behind them double doors that either just came out the oven or came out of that 500-degree skillet. That's what I need. 
I need that. Fresh out the pan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I'm Give not. Give us a plate, not, baby. Yeah, I'm not a big. I'm not a big buffet person at all. I I stay away from buffets actually. Galactic Culinary School ruined it for me because when I had to learn every single nasty ass fucking foodborne illness that there is and how they get formed. All I could think of is every single buffet I ever went to and how many shitty situations I ended up in immediately after eating there. <laughs> you know? So for me, like, okay, like I already said, I can't eat from just anybody. Conversely, I can't have people pointing at my food, reaching over my food, touching my plate, shit like that. I hate to be in a restaurant. You know you're not in a high-class place when the waitress or the waiter reaches over your plate to take something off the table. They reach over the table to take another plate all the way down. Like, would you just stand where you stand and let me pass it to you? I'd rather that than you reached over here. Those kinds of things piss me off. Um, the idea of somebody touching the food and I don't know who touched it or they sneeze, nasty-ass little kids getting up making their own plate. Buffets just, I can't, I can't be right. doing that kind of shit. It grosses me out immediately. And just like you went to culinary school, see, I learned that just through natural application, just a, a love for cooking, watching cooking shows. I remember when I was little, mm-hmm. I never even I never even knew I liked cooking. But as a child, I used to watch Julia Child regularly. Me too. And Jacques, as a kid. Um, what is the name? The I other one, I know who you're talking about. And Yen can cook. And and Yen can cook. And also the Galloping Gourmet, the one who used to always tell jokes while he cooked. And I used to watch them as little children. Now, I didn't really get into cooking until I got into, like, my late 20s and whatnot. But I was still always drawn to cooking shows because you always, you always, they give you the secrets to doing stuff on cooking shows. Little simple things. Yeah. That go a long way. And I remember, you know, I was telling you about my ex-girlfriend's son. So when we took him to college in Danville, Kentucky, you can imagine just by the name of that, how big that part right. is. Okay. So we go to the most popular spot there. It's a, you know, regular American fare, steak, burgers, all that shit, right? So I ordered... Something that I knew, I figured, okay, this would be safe. I get a sizzling platter of chopped beef with bell peppers and onions. Ooh. Yeah. Right? And mashed potatoes and a salad. So my sizzling platter comes out. It ain't making no noise. I put my finger oh, no. on it. Wait, I put my finger on it. And there's no reaction. Okay, this isn't sizzling. I have them take it back. So while they take it back, redo it again. Meanwhile, my ex-girlfriend, she done got a a ribeye steak sandwich. I tasted that. She hit the mark on that one. Christopher, Mm -hmm. you know, he only 17, so he got burger and fries. You can't really go wrong with that. So nope. I take a bite. I take a bite of the mashed potatoes, right? So when the waitress comes back, I ask her, "How do you say nothing to anybody?" I just asked her. I said, "Are these mashed potatoes out of a box?" Oh, 
Now, meanwhile, she done brought the sizzling platter back. Mm-hmm. The shit still ain't sizzling. No noise. What? Still? The shit is it's still. The shit is just a little warmer. She comes back and she goes, uh, yeah, those are box mashed potatoes. And she goes, you know what? I'm really sorry. Um, you can order anything else on the house. I said, you know what? I really appreciate that. However, I will decline the offer. I'm good. That was very kind of you to say that like that, because I would have cussed her the fuck out and talked all kind of shit, but, you know. No, I mean, I realized realized where I was, and and, and I appreciated the fact that they were going to feed me for free, but my whole thing was something this simple if you can't get this shit right, we don't need a redo on this shit, okay? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, that's just me. That's just me. I don't need you trying to reinvent the wheel and go back in the kitchen and then try to do something that's completely out of your realm. No, thank you. And then to top off my night, to top off my night, I'm not a real fast food person. So we going back to the hotel there's a Wednesdays. I said, okay, fuck it. I know I shouldn't do this. It's 1130, but hell, I'll just eat part of the hamburger. I'll eat the fries. I get a hamburger, fries, and soda. Get back to the room. That shit was bad. I just struck completely out. Oh, damn. On food. I just, it was just a complete washout for me. And I was like, okay, I'm good. I'm good. Crack, drink about four beers. Yep. My ass to sleep. Because you know that beer will fill you up. Yep, it'll fill you up. It sure will. When in doubt, yeah. I get a handful of chia seeds and a little bit of beer. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's like, it's like, it's, and it's funny because with, with that whole food psychology, it's like people are so trusting when it comes to food. I'm not. I'm not even. I the dick out of everything. I don't, nah, man, because people are sick. I have seen some shit and experienced some shit. That's why I, now I do watch the cooking shows. When I went to culinary school, um, you know, the whole Food Network thing was just becoming a thing. It was just uh-huh. becoming popular with these with the newer shows. You know, of course, like you said, I had done the whole Yen Can Cook and Julian Jacques and everybody, all the, them different little shows. I used to especially like to watch the um, Asian cooking shows that they had on PBS back in the day. But anyway, oh, you're talking about the original. Um, you're talking about the original Iron Chefs. Even before they called it that. Right. Yes. That was the original. Yep. Though. Yep. Those guys. Those guys from way back. I'm talking late '80s, early '90s. Those guys. Yeah. The original right. Iron Chefs popping up on PBS before there was ever an right. Iron Chef thing going on. Yep. Exactly. Those guys. So, um, when I when I did go to college, I knew that food. It was a very delicate thing, and I had a lot more respect for food than my family had taught me to have. So, you know, we used to keep things, God help me. If it didn't have no mold on it, it was in the refrigerator to be ate. And for me, I had to break those bad habits. Now, first and foremost, if I cooked it, it's got to be eaten within three days. Otherwise, it's going to the trash, or, you know, you better freeze it or something like that. Um, you don't reheat or reheat. And there's all kinds of different little nuanced bits that you need to know about food. But we're not really taught. We're not really taught proper food preparation and safety and all of that, but I was 
I had some of these things common sense because, you know, black people, we're real particular about how we do our food. But the the more nuanced bits of it helped me. So learning about, um, yeah, I got one for you. This is the worst one of them. Anasacosis. It's a fish toxin. It'll have you throwing up and shitting worms. It is the single grossest thing ever. And how you end up getting it and getting sick with it is the food, uh, the fish has been time temp abused. So they either kept it for too long of a time at a certain temp, which wasn't safe, or they kept it under temp. Um, they over tempted or they under tempted. So it was either kept, um, well, I can't say under temp. That doesn't make sense. That it'd be frozen. But if they kept it over the temperature, it should be. So I think at rest, fish needs to be, all things, need to be below 40 to uh, 38, 39 degrees. And if you keep it anywhere above that, I mean, the higher you let it be in heat and temperature, the more uh, likely you are for pathogens and foodborne illness to begin growing in it. And that particular one fucked me up, put me off fish for a little while. I ain't going to lie because <laughs> that was a nasty-ass image in my mind that you could get sick and be throwing up worms. That, ugh. You know, I mean, because I, I pictured it would just be all worms. So the, the image fucked me up. I ain't going to lie. Really good. <laughs> It's a wonder I passed my board because I was so fucked up, I didn't know I was going to be able to do the test. <laughs> so fucked up all the shit that happens to food. I was like, what? Um, a lot of these places, this is something I look for now. When I walk into a place, if I don't see Serve Safe certified, I'm walking out. I don't give a damn where it is. I don't care if it's Wendy's. I don't care who it is. It could be mom and pop. If y'all don't have Serve Safe certification, I am not eating there. Um, and now I, that is the National Certification Board for Food Safety. Um, and I, I abide by that. So where I live now, a lot of these little restaurants and stuff, I don't go in there because a lot of them are ethnic, and I don't know how they got a permit to open a restaurant. Um, I think maybe whatever the town is, they give them some sort of board of inspection sticker or some shit, but you should. They should make it mandatory that you have serve, a person who is serve safe certified on duty in that restaurant at all times. Someone working there has to be certified with food safety so that everybody else will know. And it should be mandatory that all people who are handling fucking food would know food safety. Over, what, it's like 2 million people a year get sick due to food. Um, And some of them very serious illnesses that end up triggering all kinds of other shit got wrong with you. And you never even know. Now, what they classify as a foodborne illness is two people have to get sick. So just two. If two people get sick eating at the same restaurant, we've got a foodborne illness problem here. Um, and, and a lot of people don't report stuff because they don't know. You just think you got the shit. Well, yeah, you do, but it's because you got sick with the nasty food shit. Foodborne illness ain't no joke. And here's the other thing. You know, like, people are dirty who work in the kitchens, Galactic. They're really nasty. I mean, just think about... People in general's general cleanliness, their general daily ability to wash their own clothes and how much they wash their bodies, if they even wash their bodies daily, and, you know, all the pathogens you carry on your clothes and your fucking skin. You picture someone gets up in the morning. Say they do wash their ass. Say they do get a perfectly clean uniform out of the closet. They put it on. They're taking public transportation. They've got on their work uniform. All the bum, pit, sweat, and whatever the fuck has happened is all over their clothes. Then they're going to go to Applebee's and cook your damn steak. Ew. Ew. 
Here's another one. I go to Family Dollar the other day. There's a save a lot at the other end of the lot. I see the guys who work in the butcher section. They've got on their coats, their aprons. They come out with their gloves on. So what they do is they have a cut glove, and then they put a plastic glove over the cut glove. You know, the the cut glove is just to keep you from cutting your hands when you're, you know, it's kind of like a guide or something to keep your hands safe when you use a knife. So they've got the plastic glove over the cut glove. They take both of them off, so, you know, one and the other. They don't take them apart or nothing, but they're holding them, and I watched them put those gloves back on to go back in after they sat out, had their smoke break outside with all the wind and dust and whatever the fuck, dapping up people, put them gloves on to go right back in there and go right back to work touching me. So it's not just the restaurant. It's also your grocery stores, your butchers. I mean, people are just gross. So food, to me, when my body goes off beat and stuff, I know it's for a reason, um, and, and I trust it because, ew, <laughs> the world is full of nasty-ass sick people. <laughs> nasty-ass sick people. Food is too important, you know? And I'm glad I'm not particular about my food because I take that approach with even the things I listen to and who's feeding me, period, you know? If it starts to be a little bit too much foolishness, I'm going to back away until that changes. And then I'm, maybe I'll come back around and see if you got something. But at this present juncture, I don't know. I started cutting it off. So I don't I don't go out to eat too many places. And where, where I do go out, it's a place that I know for a fact that I know that I know. When I eat there, I'm safe. Um, and I've already tested them out. They're triple approved. <laughs> triple approved. That's the best way to do it. The best way to do or, it. Or I actually, I made friends with a bunch of chefs, and so um, I just, you know, I make my rounds. And what, what the hell you cook today at work? I, no, I'm not feeling it. What you cook today at work? I ain't feeling that either. Actually, hey, 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 what you? Could you make me spaghetti? You ain't doing shit else at work. Make me some spaghetti, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's the shit I do. <laughs> That's how I get my food. <laughs> Yep. Make friends with the cooks. You're never hungry, ever. And you eat well. Yeah, that's the hookup. I didn't realize how spoiled I was on food until I moved to Georgia. Mm. And, you know, I jumped in, you know, thinking, oh, yeah, let me go to this Chinese restaurant. Wrong. Let me go to this Mexican restaurant, and I'm seeing Mexicans, so I'm like, okay, I know they can't fuck it up. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. You know, and then I found my one spot that I found is a little hole in the wall right next to um, the Shell gas station. It's called La Torta. These fuckers make the best sandwiches, and I'm like, damn, I finally found one. And it's always always the little hole in the wall. It's only got, like, it's only got, it's got two counters, and each counter will seat. Half a table. Yeah. Each counter will seat, like, three people. So only, like, six people can sit in there at one time. But basically, everybody comes in, gets their shit to go, and leaves. And you should see the size of these sandwiches. And they're like, Five dollars and twenty-five cents, and yeah, and it's see, and it's like, okay, now that's what I'm used to. I'm not used to, you know, you go to a Chinese restaurant here, 
and you look at your bill and it's like twenty-five or thirty dollars, and it's like, wait a minute, for where I'm from, for twenty-five or thirty dollars, you got like ten dishes on the Lazy Susan going around. Wow. Yeah, I mean, but but see, I grew up eating in Chinatown. Right. Okay. That, we'll see. That's, that's different. different. Yeah, that's, that's different. different. That's different. Mm-hmm. So, see, when I go to eat Chinese food, that's what I'll do too, Galactic. I'm not fucking with none of these hood Chinese food spots. I'm going to Chinatown in Boston, downtown Boston, and actually one stop away from downtown. It's called Chinatown on the damn train and everything. And I'll go down there and I'll get my scallion pancakes and my duck and all that good shit. We used to have this running joke. How can you tell a good Chinese restaurant? If they eat in there? There you go. I'm, so, I'm sorry. That, oh, oh that, I had it. Oh. That's <laughs> I was being it's, sarcastic as fuck. No, <laughs> it, it, it's that simple. If you go into a Chinese restaurant, and I don't care if Chinese people are working in it, and you don't see no Chinese people eating in there, red flag, red flag, yep. red flag. Run. Yeah, I don't fuck with it either. If they ain't eating it, I'm not eating it. Yeah. Their own people won't eat. And because you know, they patronize each other. So if I walk in and I don't see any of them in, I walk right the fuck back out. I walk up, try to be nice. You know, I look like I'm looking at the menu and be like, oh, I don't see anything I want. Well, thank you. And walk out of some shit. Like, I'm eating this motherfucker. Y'all don't even patronize here. I'm not eating here. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Now, my big thing, we got a lot of Vietnamese here as well. So my big thing is fuck. I love the soup. Their noodle soup. It's oh, basically yeah. they they do. Oh, you've had it. Okay, I don't even have to talk about it. Oh my god. Ooh shit. I talk about it. when you sick. That is that yeah. is cure what ails you. They got all these hot peppers and hot pepper relishes that they put in and shit and you know it's hot 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 broth that you take yeah. and you pour it over the meat and it cooks the meat and I just I love that. You get to put all your little bean sprouts and stuff. Oh, I love it. I well, love I it. I love it. That's good food. Exactly good shit. Do. That's mm-hmm. what I do. And and if if for all the people listening that like Chinese food, if you ever get a cold, if you ever get flu, get you yep. some hot and sour soup. That works too. It'll be brand new that the works. next day. Yes, it'll cure what ails you. It'll pull it right out. I mean, you're gonna need like a whole box of Kleenex, but <laughs> it, yep. it'll it'll be worth it. It'll be worth yeah. it. You won't be sitting there miserable. You'll Something else I do, Galactic. When you sick, I um one one of my friends took ill. Oh my gosh, there was this nasty ass flu floating around her office, and she caught it. She came home. She she lived on the first floor, and um I said to her, uh uh-uh, uh, we can't have that because sickness running through this house. It'll be on all three floors in like a heartbeat. So we got to get you well. So I took some um some stems and some buds with some milk, and I made mother's milk out of it. And I you know she was sick like oh she couldn't even get up. So I just kept here drink this. What is it? It's mother's milk. And I told her what it was. I don't know. I said, just drink it. Trust me, you're going to feel better. Everybody's going to be dying for two weeks, four weeks. You're going to be better in three, four days. Trust me. Drink this. Here, drink this tea. Eat this broth. Don't ask me no questions. Just do what the fuck I said. Trust me, you're going to be better. She was good in three days. Everybody was sick on her job for two weeks. Like I said, three weeks top. And they were all, how the hell did you get better? She said, oh, my friend, help me out. She took care of me. Soup will do it. And, and a good, you know, the good love of a good woman will also help her. <laughs> But uh, soup will, it'll kill what else. That soup will do it. 
I got her some hot and sour soup, and I got her some of that Vietnamese pho, and um, she was like new with that mother's milk. She was like new. Do you like uh, do you like Korean food? I ain't gonna lie to you, I ain't fucked with it. You know why I don't mess with Korean food because I don't trust it. The reason I don't trust it is because I keep seeing the Koreans trying to do sushi and Chinese food and shit up here. So when I see Koreans cooking, I don't, I automatically just distrust the food because it feels inauthentic to me. So I don't know. You know, I see Koreans. I see that it's Korean cuisine, but I still don't want to trust it because I'm like, nah, man, y'all was just doing Japanese food and fucking Chinese food and Mexican food two days. I'm doing this shit. So I haven't actually gone on and tried it. Um, and now that I'm aware of why I haven't done it, I might give it a shot. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 good. I mean, I love Asian food. Period. I love Mexican food. I love Asian food, Italian food. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I uh, want to try? I want to try some Ethiopian food. I really would like to try. I would love to sit up with some Ethiopians and even some Senegalese folk, and um, you know, break bread with them and and try all their different foods as well. I love Caribbean food too, Galactic. You know, we got a whole lot of Caribbeans up here and Spanish people too. So, you know, arroz con pollo all day. Good old school Puerto Rican mama. That's why I keep Puerto Rican friends. Yes, I do. Yes, I keep friends from all over the world because their mothers cook all kind of good rice dishes and shit that I can't do. (laughs) I keep friends. (laughs) It's all about the food. I swear to God, it's about the food. So I keep my Puerto Rican friends around. Um, you know, my Haitian friends, my Bayesian friends, because the Haitians make that good black rice. Ooh, rice. Staple of the world. But I'm telling you, when they do it, uh, some of my Puerto Rican friends, their mama put, they'll take chicken, cook it up, shred it, put it in the rice, and um, green olives. I had never had it like that before, and ever since. Really? Um, they, moved, they moved away, and I never had it like that since. I've been lusting after that fucking rice ever since. I was like a senior in high school the last time I had this shit. I'm still talking about it. It was that damn good. They, I, can't, I can't even tell you how she did it. It was regular beans and rice. She had cooked chicken and shredded the chicken into it. Um, it wasn't little teeny. It wasn't like shredded like grated cheese, but, you know, she had chopped up the chicken and put it right. in with the rice and then chopped yeah. up green olives and put them in there, and it just did something to it. It was so fucking good. I try. Yeah, I bit my damn tongue. I had a. Um, <laughs> I had a. I had a, a Puerto Rican girlfriend that lived in uh, uh, Newark, New Jersey. So uh, yeah, that Puerto Rican food is something. And then I had a neighbor before they moved from where I'm at now. I had a neighbor, and they were all Puerto Rican too. So they would see me barbecuing on the patio and uh you know i would send some food over to them and his wife would send some food over to me yeah and i was like oh man i really really missed this that like you said that uh arroz con pollo yeah man you can't yes no you can't especially everybody got their own different way of doing it you know yeah i mean i used to try to hide from, oh, hey, Queen, you with us? Oh, my God. I'm, on, I'm not on mute, y'all. I'm so sorry. I thought I was on mute. Okay. I no, won. I you won. won. How much I you won, won, y'all. How much you won? Ah! Then I got on a quarter machine, 
And I and I said, well, you know, I'm going to be up. So I cash out after every win, right? I'm like, give me my goddamn money. And I put another mm-hmm. dollar in there. And so I come out $4.75. Hey, that's what I'm talking about. I'm ready to go now. You know, I'm not a loser. I'm not a loser. You know what? It's so sad, though. It's so sad to see. Uh, it's so sad to see those people. You know, and they just sit there and they just. Why is these people in back of me won't move back? But anyway, you know, I couldn't. I could not. Um. I couldn't jack my money off like that. Well, they got to back the fuck up. Shit, I can't get out with they kissing my ass like that. You know? But anywho, um, see, the thing is, I, I feel sorry for all those people down there. There's a whole bunch of them, too. And they're down there, they just, man, I look, they look so fucking sad. You know what I'm saying? They just, like, jacking their damn money off. I'm like, I went to the uh, way they play bingo at. Man, look, they want too much money to play bingo. I'm like, I ain't spending no $6. I'm sorry. Oh, hell I'm no. just not going to do it. If it's over a dollar, I'm not playing it. You know what I mean? Queen, we in the wrong racket. We need to get a casino. We need to get a casino, y'all. You got That's what we need right, to do. Because I need to, ain't nothing but suckers. They have sucker written all on their damn faces. I'm like, God. You know please. why, Queen? It's addiction. What? It's an addiction, Queen. It's a really yeah. addicting. Yeah. I'm going to tell you because I, yeah. I remember I took my mama and dad to control. this thing. Yeah, you do. This was the dumbest thing I ever did. But I took both my parents with me to Mohegan Sun. God help me why, but I did. So we went together. And the way that I had it set up, I think it was some fundraiser we were doing for my job. We were trying to raise money for a home for the deaf or something like that. And so, um,. Mm-hmm. We ended up getting a Kino ticket, $10 to play slots and $10 for Kino, a meal ticket and some old shit, right? And so they mm-hmm. ran through their money like crazy folk because they were sitting at the slots playing the, um, the quarter slots, and then my dad wanted to go play the dollar slots. And, oh, you play dollar slots, you get even more. I was like, I'm going over here to these penny slots, right? So I went and, okay. and I'm watching. I'm watching them. My mother's at the nickel and the quarters. My father's playing with the dollar and the $2 slots and ran through his little $10 and fucking in no time, I'm sitting there right. with $5, with $5 on the penny slot, and then made $5 into $20, right? Cashed it the fuck out. Okay. Said, oh, that's it for now. The, the hand was hot. I'm not going to get tempted. And then I heard play one yep. more just to prove yourself right or wrong, right? I put another penny in there. Yep. I lost that penny. I said, that's that. I got up. I walked away. I cashed out. Walked to my mom and daddy. These motherfuckers is broke. They ain't got no money. Now they're playing with their money. They're playing with their pocket money now. And I'm like, hey, y'all, I got $20. All right, wait till later. I'm going to play again. Then I want another $10 on Keno. You know, I mean, you oh you got to play it smart. You got to play it smart. Now, yeah. I, you when, play I see smart. Somebody, yeah. when I see somebody sitting there with that energy you just talked about, I get the fuck away from them because I don't want to get sucked into it. You know, being impassive, exactly. I ain't trying to get sucked into that shit, be fucking up my money. I see the look on your face, you're glossed over, you're all into it, you're, you're eager to just give your money yeah. away. I'm going to get the fuck away from you, but that shit jump off you on me, and the next thing I know, I'm broke. Fuck that. Man, look, look, you're triple. They look, they look so sad, man. Look, every time I put a dollar in and that motherfucker say, ching, 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 I be like, cash out. Give me my damn money. <laughs> I don't care if it's yep. another dollar, I say, I, I want to cash out, so that's what I do. I cash out, then I put another dollar in there, 
because he win three seventy five, so I give him another dollar out of the three seventy five winnings, right? Right. And if Spend I lose minutes. that, then I'm like, fuck it, I'm out of here. I mean, I'm not gonna sit up and jack off my damn money on no damn slot machines, jack off pot. No, thank you. On Sunday when I went walking through the woods in the sundress and got ate the fuck up, we went to a store first because I needed a lighter. So the lady is in front of me. She's taking cash out with her EBT, and she buys a whole bunch of damn scratch tickets. She just spent, like, uh, almost $100 on damn scratch tickets. And I'm looking at that, and I'm like, wow, we cast our lot for luck, but we do it foolishly. Yeah. Like, okay, like right now, I, right now the spirit told me this morning to play the lottery. So I said, okay, I'm gonna play the lottery. But see, I'm only gonna spend, um, I'm only gonna buy like one ticket because. See, Queen, you just made you your lottery can, money at the damn slot. You got exactly, your lottery money right here. Exactly. Huh? I want your lottery money. Your so money. I'm gonna play <laughs> Yeah. So now I'm going to be a billionaire tonight. Well, you didn't already put it out there. You didn't already put it out there, so, you know, hey, watch for it. It was fun, though, y'all. I had never been to a casino, and that was fun, but it was also sad to look at all those sad-ass people. All those Mm -hmm. sad-ass people, um... You know, it's sad. I mean, it's, that addiction is something else, man. That addiction is something else. That um, that lottery addiction. Woo! Mm-hmm. I mean, and that gambling addiction. I think that's worse than drugs, actually. I mean, you see, they was all glossy-eyed and looking all mean and mad and shit. And I'm like, damn, it's supposed to be fun. You know, it's supposed you. to be fun. That's, and that's and that they damn get ready to build a motel over here. It's oh, wow. sad. I mean, I, I'm looking, I'm feeling the energy of these people. I'm like, look, I'm an eight, and now I'm ready to go. You know? Ready to go. I, you know, I'm like, let's I go. That. I won me four dollars and seventy-five cents. I'm getting ready to go play my little lottery. Uh, for the day, I heard from my daughter who was pressing on my mind, so she's pretty sad right now. So Aww. I'm getting ready to turn her damn birthday. How about that? Yep. I'm gonna play her birthday and I'm gonna win tonight. And we go to the go. Diva show. The Diva show. That's right. The Diva show. 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 Look here. Look at Galactic and Triple. That's some sad shit for real. Mm-hmm. Those people mm-hmm. really are sad. I mean, it's sad. I hope I never, ever, ever get like that. If you haven't if you haven't up to this point, then it's it's not gonna happen. Yeah. I, I you know, I'm too yeah. tight. I'd be like, man, I ain't getting ready to feed this motherfucker all my damn money. That's no U T. That's a big old iron pimp. Uh uh-uh. uh. No thanks. Yep. That was, iron that's the reason, that was the reason that uh my mom had divorced her first husband. Because he like to he was a gambler. And, yeah, uh, that gambling addiction. He got he got kicked out of the whole state of Nevada for counting cards. So then he switched, up. he switched the shit up. Damn. And he left Damn. the card he left the card games alone and then he started betting on the ponies, the horses. And oh he my could goodness. win 
And here, here's how bad he had it. He could win fifteen, twenty thousand dollars in a day. Come home, we would have all new shit. The next day, he would go out and lose it all. Oh all no! Shit, all the new shit he bought would be gone. That's dumb. Now that's just plain dumb. That's, you know, that's, 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 that's dumb, enough. and that's why they rope you in. They rope you in on the on the on the whole idea. I'm gonna get lucky when gambling is a science. You know what I'm saying? It's a science. Say that. Yeah. You know, it's a science. I mean, I'm not going to sit there and just feed the same fucking machine. Soon as that motherfucker say, I don't want something, I'm cashing out. Okay, as soon as this say you don't want something, I don't care if it's a dollar. I'm cashing See, Queen, it's the probability. Out. That goes into probability. Yeah. You've already, yeah. the probability of you winning and that machine has already been realized. What people do is they're yeah. like, okay, the machine is hot. So let me sit here because yeah. if I get up, the next motherfucker going to get more lucky than I just got. That's what it is. Right. They're afraid that they're going to lose something if they get up from there. So they sit there, and then they do lose because they sat there. And see, the thing about it, the thing about it, Triple, is why is you sitting there watching a machine you just got up from? That don't make no damn sense. You know, so what if somebody win on it? I would never know. I would never know if they won on it. I'm not sitting around watching right. that damn machine. Have you, you know, guys ever, I remember. Go, go ahead, Galactic. I'm sorry. No, I was just, I was just gonna say, have you guys ever seen the movie Casino with Joe Pesci and Robert De Niro and uh, no. uh, Sharon no. Stone? Check it no, out. No, but I'm about to say, no. if it's on Netflix, I'm gonna check it out. If it's on Netflix, I show sure it. Check it out. And, and I wanted to too. also, I also wanted to ask uh, Ifama, with the place that you went to just a little while ago, did you notice that? And they do this in most major casinos. I don't know about like all these little ones that they build now, because I don't, I don't gamble, so I don't even do that shit. But did you notice that they don't have windows and they don't have clocks? Hell no! And they give you free soda. And the place is absolutely huge, Galactic. This is a huge casino. They're getting ready to build a hotel up in this bitch. And it's you can pan do you can do Hands you can do bingo, wow. you can do slots, slots, you can play cards, you can oh man, it's just a whole bunch of shit that's set up for the sucker. I was walking by the guy, he was at the table dealing with one of the card dealers. I said, You waiting for that sucker, ain't you? Yeah, I know you are. I ain't the one though. I ain't the one. Mm-mm. No, baby. It's sad. <laughs> I, I feel sorry for people. I feel sorry for people. I really do because they just get like sucked into the the whole dichotomy of luck, the whole yes. thing about luck. You know what I'm saying? Luck, yep. And okay, getting lucky. Luck. No, you Not know, it's, it's just, you gotta, you know, you right. gotta be a child of luck. And first of all, luck is Lucifer. How do you, yes. represent Lucifer as the devil, but expect Lucifer to bless you? Yeah. Exactly. Lucifer can't be yeah. the devil to you if you got if you want a blessing. I'm sorry, it's just not gonna happen like that. Okay. Now, if you didn't already demonize Lucifer as your enemy, you're not gonna look for Lucifer to bless you. What you're gonna be looking for is for Lucifer to be like, yeah, one more quarter, motherfucker, one more. <laughs> one more quarter. Yeah, because I did. You know what? No, God, for real. And this, this is this is how I knew. Because when I lost the one dollar, 
I said, okay, I'm going to try one more dollar. But see, for me, when I say one more, that's it. I ain't doing no more. You know, and it was that one last dollar that got me three. So I'm like, I'm done. Yep. I'm out. I'm yep. finished. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. it. But, you know, you find a lot of people that have put that whole $3 winning back in that damn machine. I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to do that. Because then they put the three in. Now they're trying to see if they can get the three back and if they can get their winnings back. Exactly. I mean, I feel sorry for people who get trapped in it, you know, and. Queen, can I ask you real quick? When when you stepped out, did you you notice a difference in the air from inside versus outside? Yes. Yeah, I was. Like I said, the oxygen. Triple said they pump oxygen in there. Mm Mm-hmm. I was telling yep. my niece, you said that. They pump oxygen yep. inside of the casino, and you know what? The air is different on the inside. Yep, it keeps you there. It it's keeps you hot. It's too fucking clear. You know? you know, it's too mm-hmm. clear for all them people smoking up in there. People be smoking up in there. I didn't even know you could smoke in the facilities in Wisconsin. But you can smoke yeah, in the casinos. Casino. You can. In all the casinos. In all the casinos, they have a smoking section. That's because that's a nod yeah. back to the old heads. That's a nod to the old heads. To be perfectly honest with you, they're never going to get rid of it in the casinos um, because the old heads yeah. are the ones who come. The the big time ballers come in and really help them make their money. And if they see they got the yeah. big time ballers that come in and they're all comped for everything they win. So you see these motherfuckers and you think that they're winning. You, they're comped for their winnings. They're comped for their losing. They're not spending their own money. But because they're big timers yeah. and they come in, it makes them look good. So there's a whole racket with it. And the way you described it, Queen, so. you said a labyrinth. It is Pan's labyrinth. It is a labyrinth that is set up. That's why these places are huge. They've got stores and restaurants and entertainment spaces yeah. and all kind of different stuff. Up here, Mohegan Sun and Foxwoods, they have big time performers come through. Earth Wind and Fire performs and shit. Lizette, you know, they got everybody come through. So it's a it's a real time when you come and stay. It's a casino, it's a hotel, it's all in one. So it makes sense to me that yeah. they're going to build a hotel on top of it or next to it um, because right. that's how they'll right. be able to bring but in people, conferences what? and all that. You know what, though? What the sad part of it is, too, is when we look at the people that they call the Native Americans and the reservations that these people live on, I mean, the conditions, that they live in, and they got these huge-ass fucking casinos, you know, in the same state. It just makes me think, they're damn Indians don't give a fuck about other Indians either. You know what I'm saying? I mean, because if they did, yep, they even wouldn't though be they get pictured, all That's the reason. Yeah. Even though they get pictured as being the ultimate of respect for each other and brotherhood yeah. and community yeah. and mother love and creator and all that shit, you're right. It's no different. Every community, every community. See, I talk about what we right. do, but we can talk about what other people do, too. I talk about what we do because yeah. it's my life. It's, it's us, you know. But every community yeah, has folks. those haves and have not, and it has those, that group yeah, of people absolutely. who benefit at the expense of other people. And absolutely. it has those people who are in, that fall in that talented 10th category, whether they have the talent or they've been given access to the realm of those talents, which would be gifts and, yeah. and uh, um, blessings, money, resources, all that sort of thing. And they don't give back. So it's it's true in every right. community, in every community. And you just right. perfectly illustrated it, talking about the casino. Yeah. Right, exactly. You know, no, and you think not about all of them Indians own money. Not all of them Indians got it. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. Not all, 
I'm talking about the ones that's right here in this fucking state. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And you got these huge-ass casinos and you got Indians suffering. That don't make no damn yep. sense to me. Yep. You know what I'm saying? That don't make sense to me. So I think that even if black, you had a group of black people that got big, you know, made it big or whatever, it'll still be some poor-ass black folks that ain't got shit. Yep. They're not, they not going to look like, out for all the black people, just like the Indians ain't looking out for all the Indians. Well, and Queen, we you already know? know that that's true because I look at, okay, so even for the black people here who are what we would consider to be the poorest of the poor, they're still richer than right. black people in other nations. You know, exactly. I, was, I was talking about that today yeah. where we think of what we think about with lack, right? Where we think, right. you said it yourself, the white man's ice is colder, so we got it better here because we got running water and a roof over our heads and all this right. here, and we can go to the grocery store, and we, could, we, we got choice uh, or the illusion of choice, manufactured choice, whatever the case might be. But for what we have, we're not giving back to our brothers and sisters in, in other nations. Nope. We're not sure paying, if, you know, nope. for all, if we're, we're still trying to get for us over here, too. Don't have room to be looking right. out for everybody else because it's such a great swath of people. You do have to do it, you know, your family, you and your people, exactly. your community, whatever yep. the case might be, you know, mm-hmm. case by case. Right. Yes. right, right. I mean, it, it, it's, it's a reality. You know, we like that kumbaya dialogue, but that shit really ain't a reality. <laughs> you know I mean? No, it's not. <laughs> that ain't no, a reality in the land of every man for his motherfucking self. That ain't a reality in that land. You know what I mean? <laughs> Much as I like our people and I like people in general, I know some people I just can't do a goddamn thing for. Because I got to concentrate on me and those close to me that I can reach out and touch. You know, I feel sorry for some of the people over in Africa, the conditions that they live in, and no drinking water, good drinking water, and so forth and so on. But I know at the end of the day, ain't a damn thing I could do about that. You know, I, mm. I can't do nothing about it. I can just, you know, have a little empathy for them, but I, I, there's, I can't give them no water. You know, I can't give right. no water to them. So, you know, I have to live with that reality of uh, of life, you know. And as much as I want to... You know, talk about Africa, and Africa got all the diamonds and all the gold and all the silver. I say, but you also got people ain't even got running fucking water. How about that? And you know, in 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 certain countries in Africa, too, ooh, I was watching this show. What time it is? It's we got like five minutes before she cuts us off. Just real quick. Oh my god! But I was watching this show, right? I know. Again, I was watching this show called Gem Hunters, right? And I actually started to cry uh, during one episode because they they went to Tanzania, I believe. And they were looking for um, they were looking for a certain stone, and they didn't end up finding it. But um, the people were selling the stone for pennies on the dollar for what these white men and women were going to turn around and sell to their American buyers. So they paid something in the neighborhood of maybe $200 for a bag, I mean a shopping bag, of the most beautiful opal you've ever seen. I'm talking direct from the mine. And I sat there watching us like these motherfuckers just sold their mother for $200 and these white people are going to make $25,000 off of it. You have no idea what you're doing. So I'm looking at this. Right. When they go in, they try to buy it from the people who are in the gem business. But the people in the gem business, they're hawking the, the stones for a high price. Everybody in their clique is all rich. They got cars. They dress in fine Italian silk suits. But everybody in the neighborhood is poor. 
and everybody in the neighborhood is living in destitution. They got to go walk for miles to get water and food and stuff. But these other guys, these fat cats, Queen, you got to go north to your background. I got to mute you right quick, okay? I just want to make sure everybody can hear. But, but um, I'm going to unmute you in a second. Jeez, I just heard myself. Um, <laughs> I'm going to unmute you in a second, Queen. You're still with us. And you just, you're driving. I know you're driving. Um, so anyway, the, the guys who are doing the gem business in this country, in Tanzania, um, they're controlling the wealth of the nation. It's not being trickled down. You know, they trickle down Reaganomics. That shit doesn't work. Everybody at the top, Keith was at the top. They feed you shit. You know, keep your ass like a mushroom, keep you in the dark, feed your shit, you know? So you never really grow and you never have access to what they have either. All right, Queen, I, I just said that, so I'm opening you back up again. Okay. Let me make sure blog talk is working. Okay, there you go, Queen. You back with us. Yep. So they were selling it, and they didn't have any idea what the value is of what they were selling. And uh, they they undersold Okay, I'm going in. So I... I look at this and I see um, I see so much of how we don't know the value of things. We don't know how to get that value for ourselves. So we become the mule. We become the mule for the top and the fat cats. You know, they're, these gem hunters are the mules for these people who want these stones. But what they've done is turned the people who are in the gem business in other countries into their mules so that they can just kind of be the hair daddy. Now, where's my check? You know, and get that $25,000, $40,000, dollars while they bought it for like $200, $400, you know, and, and so forth. Yeah, that's a uh, oh, that whole, okay. that whole, you know, uh, special diamonds and rocks and whatever, that, that's, that's, that's a whole nother realm there, boy. Mm-hmm. And that goes. That goes back to the uh, East India British Company, the De Beers, uh, mm-hmm. Cecil Rhodes, and that whole gang that that went into Africa for that sole purpose. And yep. if people could actually see uh, the the network of say like diamonds and stuff like that as opposed to what it's actually sold for on the market, the the disparity is astronomical. Yes. Yes, it's it astronomical. is. And it's kind of sickening in a sense, too. It you know, um, diamonds especially, because diamonds don't have any inherent value other than whatever we ascribe to it. It's a tool. It is a tool, man. That's like here, go get me a hammer and put it on my ring and we're going to get married. You know? And I'm not saying that they're not beautiful. I'm not saying that, you know, we can't appreciate them. I'm just saying the money they got us paying for this shit is not worth it. You know, you spend ten to $20,000 on a diamond ring or earring or necklace or whatever the fuck, and you hit hard times and you try to go pawn that motherfucker, you know what they're going to give you? Pennies. I'm like, right, we, we give you like, I don't know, you spend what on this? Yeah, we give you like maybe 400 for it, tops. And you're lucky if you get that, you know? It's not worth anything. You can't resell it. It doesn't have any resale value. It's not like it depreciates. It still has its exact same shape, make, beauty, whatever, but it's not like it's valuable either. It's just valuable to sell to you for the De Beers company, who owns all the diamonds. Right. All the diamonds. 
And I, I had got an invitation because I remember, I think it was either yesterday or the day before. You well, actually, I think about it's about to cut us out, but I'm going to, you know, I'm going to restart us. You know how I'm doing it. I mean, fuck okay. it. Okay. You know? But go ahead. I'm, I'm so the cut us. Um, when you were talking about that whole jewelry piece, I had a friend when I was working at UPS and I was engaged. And in San Francisco, they got what's called the jewelry mark. However, you have to be on a list to get in or you have to be a wholesale jeweler. So yep. somehow, some way, this feeds With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.